What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Well, hello, listeners. Happy New Year, and welcome to Season 2 of Raising Adults. We are excited to be back with you. We have a very exciting season ahead. Lots to look forward to. Um, And today we're going to talk about family values, which is a really important thing to have when you're a future-focused parent, um, but also really ties into the exciting thing that we are going to start offering our podcast listeners. So I'm going to let Dina talk about what that is, and then um, we'll talk about a few little admin things, and then we'll move on to talking about family values. Perfect. Yeah, we are really excited about today's episode because it's so foundational to everything we do. Basically, family values are your why. And what we're launching and rolling out this year is attribute of the month. So we will be able to send to you, to everyone who registers to receive this, a character trait to focus on for the month or one that you can just learn about and talk about with your family. And it is so comprehensive. I'm so excited as I've seen the draft of it ready to go. We're including the definition of this attribute. We're including a quote around it. We're including resources such as a book you could read with your children about this character trait, ideas for modeling it to your children, things you can talk about as you parent. I mean, it's pretty comprehensive, and I'm really excited about that. Additionally, we'll have some extra suggestions for faith-based listeners if they want to have books that more match that paradigm or a scripture, etc. So it's really beautiful, and it's going to dovetail so well with the fact that every time we launch an episode, we're talking right at the top about our why. Your family values form that. And we want to help people think about what their family values might be. So it's going to be super easy to sign up to receive this. And it will just literally come to your email inbox. And we're super pumped. In fact, the January one is ready to go. And I'm I don't know. I'm just pretty over the moon about it. We've had a lot of overlap in our own family values, Kira and I, which you'll get to hear about in a little bit. And so we're excited to share with our listeners. Yeah. So if you are interested in receiving the attribute of the month, it is ready and available. Um, It goes live today because our season two goes live today. It's totally free. We just wanted to offer this to our listeners. Um, We wanted to give you a year of values to think about. Also, because Dina and I often talk about slowly implementing change, we thought it would be really really cool to just be able to dive deep into one value each month and be able to integrate it into your home. So if you're interested in signing up, you want to go to futurefocusedparenting.com slash shop. Now, it occurred to me when I was talking with someone the other day that some people might think that our website is futurefocusedparenting.com without the ED. It is not. There is an ED. So if you've been emailing info at futurefocusedparenting.com and we haven't replied, it's because that doesn't exist. So you want to uh, go to futurefocusedparenting.com slash shop. And it'll be the first thing in the shopping section um, for you to look at and sign up. And as I said, it's in the shopping section, but it is totally free. Perfect. Yes. Now, in other exciting news, Dina's and my books 
are live. They are available on Amazon.com for purchase. You'll also be able to link to them through that futurefocusedparenting.com slash shop page. Um, and they are workbooks. So we're going to talk just a smidge about each of our workbooks. And if they're of interest either for you or for a friend, um, they kind of go nicely together. So I guess I'll go first because mine kind of comes sure. first. chronologically. Yeah. Right. And I've mentioned this before. So I have a workbook for expectant couples who are most likely expecting their first baby or perhaps if first baby didn't go so well between them would be looking at maybe having some better strategies. Um, And the workbook is really designed to get them thinking about how they're going to function as a team to continue to build and strengthen the team part of their relationship. Also thinking about their family values and then thinking about some of the basic needs that just naturally get compromised by having a baby. How is everyone going to shower? How is everyone going to get to the gym? How are we going to work together as a team to meet each other's needs so that everybody feels loved and cared for and like they're getting those basic needs met? And then in the last section, we go into some future stuff looking at how are you going to discipline? How are you going to talk about the big issues? Um, So there's just lots of cool stuff in there. Um, It was trialed with a bunch of couples, and they had really great feedback. So that is now available on Amazon.com. It is called Future Focused ED, Parents (laughs) to Be, Future Focused Parents to Be Planning Beyond the Birth. Um, And so if you either put in my name or put in Future Focused Parents to Be, Parents hyphen to hyphen B, um, it'll pop up in Amazon. Dina, let's, let's hear about yours. Well, you could... Just like Kira said, buy these actually together for someone you know in your life, or maybe it's yourself if you're expecting, because that first one has some great questions to be thinking about in advance of baby coming. And then my book is really about some strategies around infant sleep. So as our listeners know, I'm a sleep consultant, and I have just found some pretty tried and true principles over the years, and it's become really important to me to train around principles rather than prescriptions. So rather than saying it has to look this certain way, and anyone who's researched infant sleep knows there's plenty of methods out there. Oh, you got to do this. You got to sleep trainer. You got to just do demand feeding and let your baby sleep whenever. And this is not that way. It's not a method. It's a model. It's some principles you can think through. And it's super easy because it spells an acronym and it spells the word infant. So my book is called Future Focused Sleep Strategies, the infant model. And it's a workbook as well. So at the end of every chapter, there's questions to think through about how you would apply that certain principle, maybe that letter of the acronym. And what I love about it is I'm already hearing feedback that people are using this model to do sleep in totally different ways. So it's showing me that it truly is accomplishing what I was hoping, and that is that it's not a prescriptive method. It's a model for thinking about sleep. But truly, if you follow these principles, it works. I've had people have better sleep in less than a week. So it can really get baby sleeping better, which we all know means, then the parents are sleeping better too. So they really are great books to have as a tag team, actually. Yeah. And what I really love about both of them, I mean, and this is just because you and I are so similar. So of course, we would write our our workbooks similarly. But they're really workbooks. They're not us talking at you and going on and on for pages. It's really for you to engage as a new parent or as an expectant couple um, to look at these questions that we present and really get to hone in on what matters to you. What are your values? How do you want to parent? It's all based in that future focused strategy that that we that we talk about all the time. Well, and let's be honest, if you're a new parent, or even if you're at the tail end of pregnancy, who has time to read this gigantic 300 page tome on 
philosophies. So what I love about both of our books is not only that they're workbooks and they're interactive and they're short, they're really accessible. I mean, you could read them in a day or two easily, even in between nursing sessions. But what I also love is we move so quickly from the philosophical to the practical. So yes, you're going to get ideas about why this stuff works, but then we're going to move right into here are the tools. Yeah, exactly. So they do make a perfect gift for an expectant couple. You could buy both of them. So they have one for before baby's born and one for dealing with sleep once baby's born. Or if you know a family that have just recently had a baby, it can make a great gift too. So go to Amazon.com or go to our website. Again, futurefocusedparenting.com slash shop. Okay, last bit of exciting news. We are being published today on a very big blog called powerofmoms.com. And April Perry, who started this blog, she's super amazing. And I actually was in touch with her like six years ago um, because she had this incredible quote. And I was building my hypnomothering program at that time. Um, and I wanted to include it. And so I wrote to her and said, hey, I love this quote from your blog. Could I include it, please, in my program? And she said, absolutely. And so when we launched Raising Adults, we wrote to her to let her know. And they have published uh, a video that we created about chores and how to get kids to do chores. And so we highly recommend checking that out. It is powerofmoms.com, and you'll see us there. The title of our video is Practical Ways to Implement Chores with Your Children. And then later this season, we have some exciting stuff happening. We're going to be doing our first set of interviews. We're going to have some guests on the show that we're really excited about. And actually, our first set of guests um, is a father and son team who wrote an amazing book that really, really goes well with our February attribute of the month. So uh, we will be putting that episode out there in February. And we're also going to be interviewing some other really exciting people. Um, And then finally, we're going to be interviewed on a really big podcast as well. So everything's starting to roll. And we are just super excited. It's going to be fun to have some other voices brought in to either echo or back up or provide a different perspective about things we've already talked about. So that's going to be really fun. So the last thing that we wanted to mention before we dive into family values is we were sent this really cool product um, and we're given an opportunity to test it. And as you know, I mean, this is what podcasts do, right? They advertise cool stuff. But Dina and I have always agreed that we would never advertise something we didn't personally think was very cool. Um, and so they sent us some sleep phones. They're called sleep phones. They're like these soft headbands, really, right? Mm-hmm but they're earphones. And we actually wrote an article about hypnobirthing and how hypnobirthing um, expectant parents can use them as part of their relaxation. We, of course, have used them to listen to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Selfishly. Selfishly. But they're also great. I I have found my husband snores and they're really good for blocking out snoring. Um, So what's really cool is Sleep Phones has actually given a discount code, a 10% off discount code for their product to our listeners. So this is exciting because this is like our first one like this, right? With like a special code just for us. Just for us. So if you go to sleepphones.com, so sleepphones with a ph.com, and type in the coupon code RAISINGADULTS10, and Raising Adults is all in caps. So RAISINGADULTS10, they will give you 10% off your order. So that's pretty cool. Super cool. Super cool. All right. Let's talk family values. I'm so excited. Um, So I think one of the things we've laughed about is that you and I both made actual lists of our top 10 family values. We did. Um, And I think most people have a family value system, even if they're not aware necessarily specifically of what it is. Everyone's sort of parenting to some kind of value system. I think that just comes naturally. 
But you and I were both nerdy enough to sit down and like, I should really make a list. Um, and so I know ours are extremely similar in their setup. You have one major difference. Um, so I'll talk about mine and then you talk about okay. your difference. So mine is a list of the actual values and then a definition for each one. Um, and yours has a bonus. <laughs> What's the bonus? There's a song. There's a song. For each one. For each one. So let's just take a second and pull out our list. Okay. And let's compare. Less. Um, so that our listeners can get a chance to hear like what their lists may or, or may not look like. And what I think is so great about having an actual list of family values, I mean, this is why I did it. I would assume this is why you did it too, is it's your foundational why. You can keep coming back to it and you can also teach your children these are our foundational family values. And whether you're praising them, like, hey, you are so tenacious. We value tenacity in this family. And you're coming back to that value, back to that mm -hmm. value. Or you're having to redirect our discipline. You're doing it around the family value. Like, hey, that wasn't kind. We value kindness in our family, right? So either way, everything you're doing around shaping your kids comes back to these foundational wise. Exactly. And since we talk about that on the podcast and start every conversation, whether it's about screen time or manners with a why, today is really all about the whys that you create and how do you do that. And I love that we were nerdy enough to make a list. We're not saying that has to work for everybody, but I literally even had ours posted. Oh, yeah. And so they were visible. And that wasn't just for my children because we started these before they could read. It was also for me mm -hmm. to refer back to those. Absolutely. All right. So my first value, our family's first value, and Dave and I sat down and came up with these together. We actually had a long drive to Portland once on our own, hmm. and we came up with our family values. And for the most part, it was interesting. We agreed. We didn't always agree on the exact definition. That took some honing. But it was amazing how in line we were already. And I would venture to guess most of our families would find that if they sat down to do this, they would be very much in line. And very pleasantly surprised with, hey, what is important to us, we do actually agree on. Yeah. And I think the other thing that happened, and I don't know how this was for you, but the other thing that happened was we started with a bunch of them. And then we found that a lot of them were encompassed by one word. Yeah, so they would fall under one of the other umbrellas, so to speak. So we could yeah. kind of squeeze the ball in yes. and, or tweak our definition to make sure it had, you know, the other things in it. For sure. Okay, so our first family value is love. And we define that as we hope it comes easily and work at it when it doesn't. Mm, I love that. What's yours? Well, and I, I suppose this goes without saying, but I will say it. The difference you'll probably hear in some of mine is that because we're a Christian household, some of these are going to be more specific to that. So our very first one is righteousness, which I said, in our family, we honor God with our actions, words, and even our thoughts. Is there a song? <laughs> is this the I, one you want to sing? I'll sing the song for number three. Okay. Okay. So our second family value is gratitude. We are truly thankful for what we already have and take the time to notice it. Lovely. And I know we overlap on this one. Our number two is integrity. In our family, we do what is right, even when no one is looking. Excellent. Okay, number three, compassion. We show kindness and concern for others and seek to understand them. Interestingly, we have an overlap there, but it doesn't come till number five for me. But you're going to hear a lot of similarities, mm -hmm. everybody. So number three, I'll do the song for this one. This one is obedience. So in our family, we obey authority. This includes parents, teachers, church, and civic leaders. We also had a little saying in our house that we obey right away, all the way, in a willing way. What I loved about that is that means if any of those components were missing, it wasn't 
really great obedience. So say you did it and you did it with a happy attitude, but you did it like two hours later. Well, then you didn't obey right away. So that isn't really what we're looking for. So having that little easy rhyme right away, all the way in a willing way really helped them know, hey, these are all the things that are expected of me and here's how it looks. And we did have a song for it. So here we go. Here we go. We're going to I'm going <laughs> to sing the song. I think actually a, <laughs> a lot of people will probably know it, but it's funny because there's some clapping in it. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. So this is the song. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe doing exactly what the Lord commands, doing it happily. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Joy you will receive. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Okay, bum, now bum, here bum. comes the clap. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> That's the critical part. So here's the clapping. O, B, E, D, I, E, N, C, E. Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Bum, bum. I love it because, Kira, the bum, 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 right before you start spelling, my kids actually oh, did that. Did. I, I, mean, I mean, you have to get you it. You can't not do the bum, bum, bum. And the best was even when they couldn't spell, they'd be trying, oh, C, D. And then at the end, they would sometimes not clap, but they would say it. So they'd I, E, N, C, E, clap, clap. <laughs> I literally have them on video doing that, and it's still so precious to me. So, So, yeah, we always had a little jingle. And I did find that it helped kind of cement those family rules for them and because that's what we called them at the time, just because that was a paradigm they could understand better. But our family values then were stuck because they could hear even a little tune in their head when they thought about it. And so it was great. Yeah, I love that. And I'm actually, given that Dave and I are musical theater actors, it's surprising to me we don't have a ditty. I feel like you should. And I do want to point out, and I know you're going to talk about this when we do the assertiveness episode, which is coming next week, FYI. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to talk about assertiveness next week. But I, I... I like to sometimes, I think it's worth pointing out where we are different because we make this big show of like, we're so different, but oftentimes we're pretty similar. similar. So that is one I will say to my listeners and all the listeners that obedience didn't make it on our list Mm -hmm. because it's not a family value to us. And it's an area where you and I have slightly different views. And we're going to talk about that next time. Yes, we will. Um, Okay. So my next family value is integrity. Now read your definition of integrity for everyone again. In our family, we do what is right, even when no one is looking. And my definition is we say and do the right thing even when no one is looking. (laughs) Remember how she just said there are areas we're different? Just remember that. I felt it was important to point that out before I read this. Pretty critical. Okay. Next. What's your next one? So our next one is concern for others. In our family, we think about others' needs and wants, not just our own. Love it. Our next one is creativity. We know when to follow our own path and think outside the box, which definitely is going to come up when we talk about assertiveness. It definitely will. And here's that overlap I mentioned a minute ago. Kindness is our fifth one. In our family, we will treat people the way we would like to be treated. We will do this with our actions and words. Love it. Next on our list is generosity. We give of our time, talent, and wealth to those who need us. Going to hear that theme again in a minute, too. Okay, so our next one, stewardship. In our family, we will take good care of the things God has given us. Next, we have friendship. We show up for the people we love in good times and bad and celebrate their success as if it were our own. Oh, I love that last part. That's so important. Being able to celebrate with uh, other people, even if so you didn't win. Oh, huge, huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Our next one is tithing and sharing. We will give back to God by helping the church and others with our resources. So similar to your giving and generosity. Very similar. And then my last one, I will, I'm will. i going to give you um, 
Oh, man. Dave and I just completely disagreed on the definition of this one. So it's courage. This is our oh. final value is courage. And so this is Dave's definition. He's, he says, we face our fears and help others face theirs. Can I hear yours? Yes. Do you remember? Mine is better. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not fair. Except it is. Um, so mine is we welcome fear in the car, but we never let it drive. Because I think that we, I say to my kids all the time, you, fear is normal. It, fear is an, a bodily experience that's telling us the stakes are high. That doesn't mean we don't do it. So courage, the way I would say it to my kids when I talk about it is courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. So. Do it scared. Do it scared. One of my favorite yeah. little phrases. Thank you, Ruth Sukup. All right. So our we had a few more. I'll go quickly. Wisdom. In our family, we value learning and work hard to gain knowledge. Hard work. In our family, we work hard at whatever we do and stick with it until we are done. And then our last one. And I thought you had one I like did. that. Tenacity, I tenacity, right? I missed it. Oh, yeah. Tenacity. We go after what we want and embrace failure as an opportunity to learn. The last part, again, critical. Mm-hmm. And then our last one, again, Matching with our paradigm, prayer in the word in our family, we stay close to God and each other by talking with him and reading his word. So, and all of mine had like a scripture with them. And then, of course, the song. So we had our little ditties. But what I love is that even though there's some overlap and then there's areas where they're a little more disparate, we took the time to actually make a list. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is at least encouraging you as our listeners and as parents who want to be intentional to really think about your values. Even if you don't end up writing them down, I would encourage you to think about them and what do they mean? How would you define them? And then how can you go back to that as you parent? Right. Because it, at least for us, and I'm sure you would agree with this too, is so often in parenthood, you're faced with these like situations where things collide. And Having that foundational family value set can oftentimes really help make that decision. So I talked in the last season about the birthday party collision, you know. Yes. And um, and how we had to deal with that. And at that time, we um, were really looking at our family values and talking about, you know, well, how in our family, what we value is friendship, and that can apply to family members as well, right? The people who are kind to us, we want to be kind to them. And so we were using that as an opportunity to kind of come back to why we're going to make the decision we're going to make. And we see it with other things too. Like we've had it where one kid wanted to do an activity and wanted to quit before the season was out. And we talk about tenacity. You know, we value tenacity in this family. So you need to finish what you started then we can discuss whether or not you stop, but you don't get to quit in the middle because it's important to learn to be tenacious. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's huge because what happens then is it, and you just described this, it can also help you prioritize. Yep. So say you have two things that maybe both are good, maybe both are valuable, but you can look at your values to help decide which one should take precedent. Yeah, I actually think it makes the decision making so much easier if you're very clear on what the what the non-negotiables are, right? I agree. And it can set you up well for these moments in parenting, which we're all going to have, where you can then do prepared spontaneity because you're going to get thrown curveballs for sure. But if you know your values and you know what you're aiming at with your goals for your children, too, then even when maybe that exact situation wasn't what you were expecting, you know where you're parenting from as you handle it. Yep. I actually talk about that in my book. One of the questions that's in my book is I have um, people pick a word or a phrase that would define the person they're trying to raise. I want my child to be blank, kind, grateful, beautiful, smart, 
successful, you know, whatever you want it to be. Um, and then I have them look at what does that mean to you? Where have you experienced that in your life? What's that look like in your life? And what are the steps you need to take as a parent to raise a child like that? And again, coming back to that utter foundation of this is who I'm trying to raise and always keeping the course. Even as life kind of jostles you a little bit, your eye is on that future-focused prize, that adult that you're trying to raise. Absolutely. And what's really interesting is we talk about this all the time in a faith-based home because we talk about having an eternal perspective Mm -hmm. and not just this temporal focus. And it's the same kind of thing. So even if you don't have a faith paradigm, it can work because your eye is on the end goal and that helps inform how you handle what comes your way in the present. And It's revolutionary. I mean, it really is Mm -hmm. because it's very different than handling things just as they come up and hoping for the best. When you know, hey, here's how I'm hoping it turns out. Here are the foundations I'm operating from. Whatever comes your way, you have those things to fall back on. And it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Well, it's sort of like what we were talking about the other day when I called you about one of my kids. We had one of my kids had this. I'm not going to say which one. One of my kids had a has had a a little bit of an issue with um, being selfish. And I was telling Dina about it, that it it showed itself in this very, very small way uh, where one was essentially manipulating the other to get what they wanted. Um, And you put it really well. You were like, they probably don't understand the impact it's having yet age-wise, but understand how to do it. And so that combo pack can be pretty yucky. Um, and so we were talking about it and kind of trying to troubleshoot it together. And um, But then you said well, – I won't, won't paraphrase what you said. You say what you said. Well, we were talking about things that I know are important. And so as we just talked it through – and literally, we talked it through spontaneously. So this is a great example. I'm glad you brought it up. And I was able to remind Kira, you know, one of the things that's important to you is you like giving your children a chance to rehearse and practice a skill as they're learning it. And so tell her what we came up with as this great compromise. So it was happening a lot around picking the TV show. So one child was manipulating the other to get them to pick the show they wanted. And so what we came up with was that I would, unfortunately, because we are talking long game, right? This is a great example of the long game. So my kids are at an age where they can go upstairs, they can turn the TV on, they can pick their show. I don't have to be involved in that. But what we decided was that they needed some rehearsal and they maybe needed some oversight in a way that they I didn't think they had needed up until this point. So for the next week, um, the one who was being manipulated was going to be completely in charge, and I was going to be present so that I could watch and help the other one graciously say, that sounds like a great idea. Yes, I'd love to watch that show. Or just simply, okay, even if it's not something that they wanted to watch. And then the second week, they would go back to taking turns, but again, I would be present to help The one be gracious and the other one be assertive. And what's so great about that is it matched family values on multiple levels or important things that I happen to know are important to you. One is they're getting to practice, Mm -hmm. but they have support while they practice. So it's not just, hey, you're thrown out there, sink or swim. And both parties get to practice what's been challenging for them. One gets to practice having that assertiveness, which we know is important to you. We'll talk all about that in our next episode. And so you have one child getting to practice that assertiveness. And how do I do that in a kind way, but still be strong? And another person handling graciously receiving something that maybe isn't their favorite. So it was just But one of the things you said at the end of the conversation is, 
that you love that something so small oh, got yes. picked up. Yes. And that's exactly what we're talking about, right? So here, here's here's the takeaways from that story. One is that it would have been so easy to just dismiss it as a, oh, well, they're kids and they're fighting over the TV. This particular thing isn't a big deal. Right. But to me, it, it drove to a deeper character trait that I was uncomfortable with and wasn't matching our family values. So I felt like it was a teachable moment that I needed to jump on. And I think that's part of that future-focused parenting paradigm is that you're looking at situations and going, if I let that continue, what kind of an adult am I raising? Um, and not and jumping in where it's necessary. So that was number one. But number two, in terms of the future focus, it means for two weeks I have to go upstairs yes. and be with them while they do this thing and not get their lunches packed in the same timely manner that I'm used to, you know, all those things. But I'm doing it because I have the long game in mind. Two weeks of my life is a very small price to pay for raising the adults that I want to raise, adults who are both assertive and gracious. And I, I'm so glad you brought up the inconvenience factor because there are going to be times where it's kind of a pain to do the thing that is going to help result in these adults that we're trying to raise. So that's important to know. We want to have you all hear us saying, we're not saying it's always going to be convenient. No. In fact, when we came up with it, I was like, ugh. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I should. She yeah, might have was... said it was going to be a pain in her. Beep. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, <laughs> and, and that's okay because recognizing that is great. But she's right. I actually gave her a compliment because I said, good for you. I mean, th- this is the thing. Maybe that specific issue seems small. But it goes to a bigger thing yeah. about character and selfishness and interacting with others and all those things that are so important for us as we try to develop empathy in our children and develop graciousness and, and assertiveness, which is an important value I know in your home. And so I just thought it was great that you didn't let that one just fly under the radar and were able to say this might be a microcosm in itself, but it leads to some really great ramifications. And so we've got to nip it in the bud. Yeah. And also, I think for our listeners to hear that we still troubleshoot and problem solve, right? Like, absolutely, we we know a lot about this stuff, and we have backgrounds that lend itself really well to doing what we do. But we're also parents, and sometimes we're like, oh, I, what am I going to do here? <laughs> so we're also troubleshooting all the time. We are. We have lots to figure out as well on yes. our own. So uh, if you are interested in sending us a question, we have some room for spin cycles in this season. You know, we love to give your questions a spin. So I'm going to give you the email address really slowly this time because I'm worried I may have misled some of our listeners. So it's info at futurefocusedparenting.com. And if you want to sign up for the attribute of the month, you can go to the shop page. It'll be right at the top there. You can click through. Um, we It's free. We take your name and your email. We don't share it with anyone. Um, and we also take a little bit of information about your family just so that we can get a sense of like how many kids you have and get a better sense of who our listeners are. But that's all it's for. Um, don't forget, if you want the comfiest headphones in the world, to go to sleepphones.com and use that code RAISINGADULTS10. And for more information, just check out the website. And don't forget our books if you're interested. Don't forget our books. They're really important. Yep. All right. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, you have a quote. I do. I have a closing thought today. And that is that consistency isn't one big decision, but it's making those same little decisions day after day. And I think that's critical with values because you're parenting that same way day in and day out. Sometimes it feels mundane. Sometimes it's a pain in your, you know what? But it's the consistency over time that really produces some great adults. 
I love that. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is at Raising Adults Podcast. We'll see you next week for the assertiveness episode. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.